Welcome back, everybody, as we get going here on a Tuesday afternoon. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. All I can tell you is we got a very fast show today. 90 minutes of sports talk after three hours yesterday. Boy, we packed it all into 180 minutes of the show. Um, And by the way, if I was ever concerned in the past that we don't take phone calls anymore on sports talk, that all came to an end yesterday. You know, sometimes it just takes stories that I'll pass ones really want to talk about to fill up the phone lines. And their disgust for UTEP football was pretty much the uh, the trigger that got it all going. It got it all going late, late Saturday, actually into Sunday morning on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Allstate Agency, and it continued yesterday on our show when we really took a ton of calls and, and heard from a lot of people. And uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I said it yesterday. I mean, I... I tried. I, mean, I really spent time, Adrian, trying to figure out, is there any silver lining to what happened on, on Saturday night? And the answer is no. I mean, yeah, it was nice to see Ray Flores have a nice game. And, you know, he could really develop into a, into a terrific little receiver for the minors this year, along with Tyron Smith and, and what they have to offer in that regard. Um, but uh, And Kelly Akari, I think, is going to get better and better in time. But the point is, no, there really was nothing that I could take away from this to be excited about heading into Oklahoma. I just hope that the team comes out ready to play. And it, you know, it, it's going to, the question is this, um, it's going to get ugly. The, the thing is, will the Miners at least be competitive from the outset and, and make it a game early? Or is this going to be one of those that by the start of the third quarter, the Sooners are going to be bringing in their second uh, stringers. And before the end of the game, you'll see third and fourth teamers, guys that are going to redshirt getting experience against UTEP. I think it's the latter, Steve. Unfortunately for minor fans, they're probably going to have to witness a slaughtering on Saturday. And it's it's the one, it's the excitement of a new head coach at Oklahoma. They want to show off all their new pieces, all the new players who will get on the field. Remember, 30 new players on the field on both sides for the Sooners uh, just shows you how much turnover they had since Link, Lincoln Riley left the program and Brent Venables came in from Clemson as their defensive coordinator. So I think there's going to be a lot of urgency from the Sooners side things to try to you know show what they could do out yep. there now at the same time Steve I don't want anybody to drink the Kool-Aid but I'm just uh, prefacing all of this by saying last year uh, OU struggled against a team like Tulane and Tulane's not a historically uh, good football program whatsoever and they hung in there early in that game they ultimately lost but uh, Tulane gave them a very competitive matchup uh, and when I was joining a podcast with some people over there in OU they brought that story up and so that one always that has to be said when it comes to you know OU going up against a group of five team do I expect UTEP to keep it close probably not Steve so listen to this they've played four times OU's won all four games um the most points the miners have ever scored on the sooners is 14 that's the most they've ever scored not okay? surprised let's give you some samplings of scores 55 to 14 first game in 2000 two years later 68 to nothing um and then most recently five years ago in norman 56 to 7 i mean that's 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 just the norm that's ultimately what this game produces so if you look at those scores, um, 
I mean, I don't care if you're bathing in Calgon, like one of our listeners, and uh, trying to uh, figure out a way to where this game stays relatively close, which I'm sure he will, but just look at the trends. That's what I'm saying. Look at those trends. 55-14, 68-0, I mean, that's just, that, 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 that's more realistic just based on the brief history of these two teams. And somehow, some way, Mike Price got himself a game at the Sun Bowl, which, to be honest, was amazing because that was actually the best game UTEP ever played against Oklahoma. That was a game that, I mean, fourth quarter, it was close. I kept thinking to myself, my God, if the Miners just had an offense in that one, they could have, they could have had a way, you know, found a way to steal it. It was unbelievable when those two played in El Paso. But that was the one, you know, that's the, the only game in which UTEP was, was hanging tough. And in that game, they just made Landry Jones' life miserable on defense. That was probably the best defensive effort against a Power 5 team I've ever seen from UTEP, and it's not even close. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, Steve. You'd maybe look at that Texas Tech game when they also hung in as maybe another one they competed against a Power 5 team. Yeah, Although, but Texas Tech and OU, were, I mean, that's they're totally different teams. Yeah, no, 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 I agree completely. I'm just saying as far as like best uh, competition they ever had against a Power 5 team, maybe that one because that that one was in the game in the balance. Like they could have easily won that one just like the OU game, but I I totally remember that one. Uh, a couple other stats to note uh, from 2017, OU uh, outgained UTEP by 509 yards. So they uh, they wow. gained them in, out in total offense by that. Uh, the other thing, which a lot of people are talking about on our radio station, is the spread, the 31-point spread going into this weekend. Last year, when OU was double-digit favorites against teams in the FBS, they went 2-5 and five against the spread. So there you go. Maybe UTEP covers. Maybe. You never know. Maybe it happens. Uh, that game in El Paso, by the way, was 24-7. to and, I mean, 24 points from Oklahoma is nothing. And in that game, Nick Lamison was 6 of 23 for 39 yards. Shout out Nick Lamison, man. That's a throwback name right there. Uh, a, I guess they didn't really have the identity at quarterback at that time. He kind of did a little bit of everything. He threw it and he ran it sometimes, but not a, not a traditional quarterback. And I think that's what hurt them that year. Hey, the Miners blocked a punt. And that's how they scored their touchdown, by the way. They blocked the punt, and Nathan Jeffrey took it 24 yards for the score. Uh, by the way, Nathan Jeffrey in that game, you are a man. 21 carries, 177 yards. Shout out to Nathan Jeffrey here on Sports Talk today for showing up and balling against Oklahoma 10 years ago. All right? That was a terrific performance by him. But other than that, uh, yeah, uh, there was not much going on in the passing game. Passing game was 39 yards. 39 yards. All right. So anyway, that's how we start things off on the show today. UTEP basketball schedule dropped. Um, not real, no, no real surprises in terms of uh, the UTEP men's basketball schedule. Uh, they've got the road games against Texas and against DePaul out there in Chicago. They're playing them in December. Um, they've got that MTE 
that multi-team um, uh, event, which essentially it's so it's a, it's an exempt tournament, but it's not really a tournament. It's just three basketball games here at the Haskins Center. It counts like a tournament. You can play these games on top of your regular season schedule without it counting against your total. So I think I added it up, Adrian. They got thirty-one games. Yeah, I did too. And when you look at that uh, 20-game Conference USA schedule, that's what really intrigues me because first off, it starts off on December 17th, so it's an early start for Conference USA play before they head into conference play. And then they play the teams that they always miss out on, Steve. So it's like Western Kentucky UTEP finally gets a chance to play. Of course, they get a chance to play other teams like FAU, FIU, Middle Tennessee, those Conference USA teams. East teams that you don't traditionally see. Why is this the case? Well, because three members of the Conference USA departed before the season even started. That's right. That is absolutely right. All right, we got a lot in store for you here on the show today. Uh, By the way, why don't we just jump right in? And uh, before we get to the A-team joining us in about 10 minutes, Andy Emfeld and Angela Olivas here in our Lubingo studios. And then Coach Ben Wallace, before we head out to the Moon Tower Sports Bar for their first ever hosting of uh, UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up at 530. Let's say hello right now to Gator Richard, who I was expecting to hear from yesterday. Probably couldn't get in. Lions were busy yesterday. That could be it. But uh, Gator Richard, go ahead. Why don't you just, uh, you know, let's let's not uh, sugarcoat things. Uh, you're going to bring it up uh, at some point in the phone call, so you might as well just uh, let's just get the elephant out of the room here and and, and go ahead and, and give us your thoughts on UTEP's performance on Saturday. Uh, I didn't watch the game. So oh, good. I... You didn't miss anything. Congratulations. Yeah. That's If you just but, saw the final I... score, then you didn't miss a thing. Then good for you. You're smarter than the rest of us. Well, you know, I heard you talking about, you know, UTEP hanging in there with with OU. Well, back and, ten uh, years ago, they did. I don't know if you were. Yeah, you, I was, were you I was even, at that. I was in, at that game. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. They were actually. I think that game in the fourth well, quarter was was like a seven point game. Well, here's the thing. I mean, yeah, until until they kicked it in the second gear and and uh, and it wasn't competitive anymore. No, but, I mean that game was. Listen, that game was ten seven after three. 10-7 after three with Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember everybody saying it was a oral victory or moral victory, however you want to put it. But at the end of the day, it's still an L. Yep. But hey, hey, I, I had a take on the Gator schedule coming up. Oh, let me hear because I think because I think they're going to lose this weekend. So let me hear well, your thoughts on the schedule. Okay. Well, Utes. I heard I heard one of the other talk shows uh, last week. In fact, the guy goes. Oh, yeah, Utah youths are going to go into the swamp. They're going to punch the Gators in the mouth. God, I was laughing so hard. Nobody goes into the swamp and and punches the Gators in the mouth. Okay, that's like, you know, ludicrous to me. But yeah. anyhow, they're playing in the swamp. But they watch are. this. Watch this. No other team in the country is right now, because we're week zero, we sure. going into week one. No other team in the country has a tighter, more difficult schedule than the Gators. Okay, they're playing three, three top ten teams ranked right now, not not five weeks from now. Okay, because as you start going into the season, Gators, you know some of these teams that aren't even ranked, like an LSU and all that, they'll yeah. probably be top ranked. But right now, Gators are playing three top ranked teams. No other big school in the country. Ohio State, 
Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, Bulldogs, Alabama. None, none of those other schools are playing three top ten. Okay, Gators are. So that that's something to watch for a first year coach, and you know. Everybody said, you know, when Mullins was the first year, Mullins put up, I think, a 10-win season, 11 when you count the uh, bowl game that he won that year. So, if know, they, it, if listen, if they hang in there with Utah and even beat the Utes to start the season. Come no, on, I mean, Now, come on, man. You, listen, Utah is the seventh-ranked I mean, team in the country. Ten, big, That's legit. Big 10, big 10, give me a break, man. Wait, hang on, Utah's not Big 10. They're, uh, they're Pac-12. Okay, Big Ten, Pac twelve. I know they're playing. I know. they're playing the Gators in the swamp. Yep. yep, they're not. They're not going to come out and punch anyone in the mouth. In fact, that's going to be a long flight home to Utah when the Gators send them crying home. You know, crying all the way to Mama. That's going to be a long flight for them. You know what? If they if they lose to Utah, can you imagine that you just lost to a bunch of Utes? It's like you ever seen the movie My Cousin God, Vinny? How embarrassing! You ever seen My Cousin Vinny? I've seen it. I yep. know the movie. What, so, what's your what's your? So you know my you know my take on on those Utes. Be careful with the Utes there, Richard, uh, because those Utes could end up beating your Gators, and that would not be uh, that'd be a tough go Gators uh, to start Monday's well, show. That would be difficult, man. You know, but the just like same movie reference. You know, the law of physics, like cooking grits. Okay, does not uh, adhere in his kitchen. See what I mean? That that is not going to happen. Okay. We will see. You're, you're going to play four quarters, and the Gators are going to come out, and they're going to trounce them. Okay? I love it. I, spoken like a diehard Florida fan, which you should be. Good for you. Good luck against the Utes. Florida's unranked. They're dogs at home. We will see if Gator Richard gets the last laugh this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. All right. I like it. The throwdown has started with those Utes. Come back with more. 16 past. The A-team next. We'll talk about what's happening starting with the, tonight's homestand. Chihuahua's back in town, and we'll give you the details after Charlie won with his traffic update. A-team back, isn't it? It's very nice, Steve. It seems like we haven't had them by the Lube and Go studios in a while. We haven't had them by in a while. In fact... I didn't even know that they existed until about a few minutes ago when they actually showed up here to the radio station. <laughs> What's that all about? Good. Well, you know, we yesterday we were trying to get you on the show, and Andy, you were off. And, I was uh, off too, yeah. And both of you were off. And then we, uh, I figured, well, we're not going to get them on a game night, and we are getting them on a game night. So that's, uh, that's a pretty big, impressive. It's a big homestand. And we're going to make time for you, Steve. We're, Come on. We're, and they rode in in style, yeah. Steve. What'd yeah. they do? They rode in on the, uh, what, Flamin' Hot Cheetah mobile? What'd they do? <laughs> exactly. It was basically that. Hey, I'm you sure. know what? We're bleeding orange, this this homestand. Bleeding you are. Orange. This is all about the orange. This is that's... all about two days of bleeding orange. Good oh, night. It really is. Yeah. Um, Salt Lake's in town, too. The bees. Yep. Isn't this their first trip in a while, right? It is. I don't think they came last year, right? They did once. Did they? Yeah. But for sure the first trip to Southwest University Yeah, we'll Park only see them season. once at home. That's what I thought. And once away. Yeah. Yeah, they're so not that's, in our division. Well, first off, the season's winding down, guys. We have a month left and we're done. That's exactly right. Crazy. Final month of the season. Yeah. Man. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Has it flown by for the two of you? Honestly, yeah. I feel like I, I, I can't believe we're about to be in September. 
it's it's crazy. I, I do soccer too, so I haven't had a weekend off in quite a while. So I'm looking forward to that next weekend. <laughs> Is next weekend actually no soccer or baseball? Or baseball. <laughs> really? Yeah, because soccer has the, the Wednesday game. Yeah, we have a Wednesday game. So that'll be the first weekend off. And I don't even, can't even count how long. <laughs> I was going to ask you, when was the last time you were off on a weekend? It's been a while. It's been, <laughs> I, I don't remember. May? I think we had one in May. Yeah, I think okay. you're right. One in May, I think, and then before that, it was Mar- before March, February. I got you. I got to tell you something, guys. I had such a good time last week. We had uh, there was a an event yeah. with um, a Temple Mount Sinai. They worked out a deal where they had the ballpark for a couple nights, and one of the Three nights days. was right. One of the first yeah. night was it was uh, they were on the field, and it was literally batting practice. The only problem was they didn't have anybody to throw uh, any baseballs to, so. When they reached out to me and I volunteered, I didn't know what I was getting into. And then I said, well, do we have any balls and bats? And they said, no. I said, okay, I've got some work to do here. So uh, thanks to uh, Kurt Gross at Power Bowl, he, he lent me some bats and a big bucket of balls. I went out to the ballpark, and, and I threw probably 200 pitches that night for mostly kids, some who haven't swung a baseball bat in years, others who just were learning for the first time. And to see the look on their faces when they could hit a ball, regardless of where it went, just the, the fact they could hit it and it traveled a little bit, it, it reminded me of why I love the game of baseball so much. It it's is fun. so much fun to see the look on their face and everybody else around them when they could hit a baseball. And trust me, I'm the, I'm the perfect batting practice pitcher for that. <laughs> I will lay that ball in every time. So as long as long uh, as long as you can just get the bat around a little bit to make contact, you're going to hit the ball. That yeah. was, that's what it was uh, a couple of uh, about a week ago. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think people forget that we are a venue and you can rent out the venue um, and you can do fun things like that, like batting practice on the field. We have, you know, I know they use the Pepsi party deck for service and Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And then they use the West Star Club for dinner and we had round tables brought in and with picnic. I mean, it was really, really well done. And that's part of our events team that really knows how to put on a very great event for anybody who wants to rent out the ballpark. No doubt about it. Uh, Gina, who was with us for years, uh, is, is about as uh, polished a pro as you're ever going to find for that. So whenever you're working with her on an event, you know you're in good hands. Absolutely. So that was a lot of fun, guys. And I've had a couple of days to recover from that, and I needed it. And that's perfect timing because tonight we've got the team back in town. We've got uh, Taco uh, Twos and Brews tonight, along with Youth Baseball Night presented by GECU. And you've got, uh, you know, Salt Lake in town for the first time. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, the, the rotating beer tonight is the king of beers for anyone that's interested. Budweiser for two bucks, a can a can until eight p.m. tonight. That is such a popular event, yeah. especially when you realize just how expensive beers are anywhere. No matter what the beer is, beers aren't cheap when you go out to an, an event or a restaurant or anywhere. Uh, wow. So it's nice to get two dollar beers at a baseball game. Bud, you deserve what every individual should enjoy regularly. <laughs> so what Budweiser. you're saying is, for all you do. This Bud's for you. That's this right. Bud is for you. Exactly. That's right. All right. <laughs> that, is, that is terrific, guys. Uh, tomorrow is going to be unbelievable. Let's talk about UTEP night for a second. Bleeding orange. This is wild. This is UTEP night presented by UTEP. <laughs> so not only is it UTEP night, but they're sponsoring their own night, which, by the way, features orange EP caps, which are probably sold out because I haven't seen any of those. You've got the orange T-shirts. There's 2,000 of those that are going to be given away, which is uh, ultimately... 
Paydirt Pete and Chico on the same shirt. That's right. Is this the first time these two have been uh, together on the same article of clothing? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, they've been best buds for almost 10 years now, but they've never been on a shirt together. So we're excited that that's Finally what fans, fans will get that if they're the first ones through the gates on Wednesday night. Fantastic. And it's an orange shirt. It's an orange shirt with an orange hat. Yeah, and we have a lot of UTEP groups participating in our pregame events. So come early and enjoy the choir, the ROTC, and then drumlines as as fans enter the gates. It's it's gonna you're gonna bleed a little orange and (laughs) picks up go miners all all Wednesday. Some yes. concessions items too that are that will be available. Oh, right. Special con- we have uh, you know uh, orange popcorn, some blue lemonade, um, golden really? nugget meal basket. Will, will Andy be wearing a throwback UTEP basketball jersey uh, at this one. game? You got one? I'd I'd wear one. Well, I do have one. I don't have one. Yeah, I mean, it's not that difficult. We, we <laughs> always just make a phone call, and it's taken care of. So. <laughs> Actually, you know what would be really cool since we're in football season? There is a uh, 1988 jersey they gave away a few years ago. I have it. Do you? I'll bring it tomorrow. You can wear it. Done. It's awesome. <laughs> it is, it's got the throwback yeah. colors from 88. It's an orange jersey. It says eight, the number is eighty-eight. Cool. It is. It is very, very cool. I have. And, a, uh, I have the white one and the orange and blue one. But I have the white one with the the baby blue. How did they get? They gave away those ones a while back ago too. I don't remember. Adrian, do you remember those? Yeah, I do remember those. I, I remember exactly what you're talking I have about. Both of yep. them. So you have the orange and you have the white. Mm-hmm. Which one Ooh. are you gonna? What, are you gonna bring both? Let Andy both. choose. Let him choose. Look yeah. at that! Cool. So wow, I got options. Out, you're decked out in retro UTEP gear tomorrow. <laughs> Heck yeah! By the way, how did how did the? Um, I know you you had a deal where if you purchase a certain ticket, you had the ability to get a hat. How did that promotion go with the Sold orange out. EP hats? Yeah, this was the second time we've done something like this. You see, big league teams do this special event with an item all the time. So we thought we'd try it out here in 2022. Um, and yeah. We sold out of these these EP caps, and we're wow. already planning on what we're going to do for next year because it obviously was a success, and fans wanted it. Is it a snapback cap? What'd you guys uh, put together? Yeah, it's a snapback cap that got that great orange that you you know you tap when you see it with yeah. our EP logo. To- I like that, guys. Good for you. That's uh, that's the way to go. I'm telling you, just just goes to show you the demand in this town when you put something cool together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you guys always put something cool together, but when it's cool with UTEP, it's different. Um, $4 single-serve wine will be available on the concourse tomorrow because it's Wine and Nine Wednesday presented by the Trinchetto Family Estates. And then, how about this? This, this? this is the deal of deals. The $9 small-loaded nachos are going to be that, available tomorrow. That one? It might be the El Vampiro dog, but we'll, we'll tune us to social to define that special. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but yes, we take a, a higher priced item, whether it's somewhere between twelve to fifteen bucks, and we discount that at nine dollars. That sounds terrific. So it's something big for nine bucks. Yeah. So stay tuned to our social media. We will have that special posted. I hope so. And when you say stay tuned to social media, meaning you will put that on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. all the Twitter. Do you guys TikTok? We do a little we bit. Do. Yeah, we're, Chico. we're starting Chico's to. Chico's very good Chico, at it. Chico's, Chico's on TikTok, huh? Chico's on TikTok. Wow. Uh, Snapchat? Snapchat? We Not do anymore. have Snapchat. We just don't use it anymore. We you're use on TikTok every, instead. Listen, you're on every social media yeah, platform try. there is. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning, you used to have a Periscope channel. We did. Oh, we did, yeah. Remember wow. that? And Remember? Vine. 
That's and Vine too. Mm-hmm. Wow, I remember when those things were real popular. Yeah, yeah on you know, Twitter, eight or nine years ago, back right. when we were first starting out here. All right, we'll talk about the rest of the weekend: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with Salt Lake in town. But first, uh, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. We're back right now with the A-team. That's Angela Olivas, Andy Emfeld. We're talking about the uh, homestand starts uh, tonight uh, with Salt Lake in town. You got tomorrow, UTEP night presented by UTEP. I failed to mention there will also be UTEP drumline members, spirit teams there. They'll have a UTEP virtual photo booth. They will have the Pater Dog, Golden Nuggets, Basket, all these themes just for UTEP. So that's all happening uh, tomorrow uh, for the game. Uh, Thursday. There's a lot going on for Thrifty Thursday presented by Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. All right, let's talk about it. And uh, there's you've got um, Budweiser Select, uh, 2 bucks, Domestic Drafts, 2 bucks, 12-ounce margaritas are $2, $2 hot dogs, 16-ounce Pepsis are 2 bucks, and $2 small popcorn. And it's available up to, what, uh, two and a half hours after the gates open? Yeah, so that'll when put us... the gates open? Uh, 5.30 on that day, so that'll put us at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. And, and this is our one of our last Thrifty Thursdays. It's a fan-favorite promotion, so take advantage of it while we still have it this summer. And you're going to do something a little weird at this game, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I guess there was a, a video that went a little viral. I believe it was at Yankee Stadium. That's correct. There was uh, video footage of a fan um, taking a hot dog, kind of coring it out and using it as a straw to drink out of it. So we kind of put a challenge out there to our fans. If that post on our Twitter got a 1,000 likes, I would have to do that live on Thursday. And it did succeed in that. Um, so we leveled it up. If that original tweet now gets 2,500 likes, I will wear a hot dog costume while I do that. And we're about, what, 1,000 likes away from that? Yep. Just about, yeah. So. All right. Yeah, good luck there. Um, what will, will you at least be doing the hot dog straw justice like the guy at the Yankee game did and, and drink a beer with it? I hope so. Yeah, that's the plan. Have you ever been able to drink a beer during a game, like promoting something in front of fans, or is this going to be the first time? No, we've yes, certain certain special events we've done that, like when we had the day fresh beer and all that good stuff over the years. So I've I've you've been able got to, to do a little cheers, yeah. Okay, I'm not margaritas. saying I'm not saying and margaritas too. Yeah, it's not like you have to down a 16 ounce beer, but I mean I would. But um, let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this: um, Have you ever tried the hot dog straw after this video before this event, or will this be the first time you will try drinking beer out of a hot dog? This is the first time. <laughs> Adrian, thoughts on Andy uh, having a chance to, uh, to to try the new straw? Well, first off, I was one of those who participated in um, getting you to a thousand. I don't know what was it likes or whatever. Come on, yeah, so I was so excited about that because, come on, that video was amazing, Andy. My my question to you is, um, are you like other people in East Texas who p- wants to put all these different things in their michelada or red beers and stuff? I don't know if you've seen those pictures, but it's like people will throw on random food items like a pizza, uh, a hamburger, a slider or something like that on a red beer. Is this, uh, you know, does this fall in those lines? You know, I've never had one of those. It's all crazy. I've seen the same thing that have sandwiches in in yeah. the whole drink. Um, but if I'm ordering one and that's that's what we're having for brunch or lunch, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Let me so, say this. This is the same thing right here. I've got a better idea now. This is going to be really interesting because I wonder if this is going to eventually start to um, spread to the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Because if you think about it, you dunk the bun in water. 
Ooh, while you're while you're eating the hot dog. Now, I think that's disgusting. But if you were to dunk, dunk in beer, in beer <laughs> and Dang. eat it, now changing the game. It does change <laughs> the game, and I, I'm wondering if maybe. The Nathan's hot dog eating contest could take a page out of this guy and forget the straw, but dunk the the the, uh, the bun, and now you're getting a chance when you uh, eat you know seventy hot dogs to have all of that beer with your bun. Now we're talking, guys. Game changer. It is a game changer. <laughs> beer and brats. There you go. So I need to get a hold of. Uh, I've got a friend at, at Nathan's. I'll uh, really. Yeah, we uh, we we follow each other on Twitter, and the guy from Nathan's Famous I've talked to. So I'm going to suggest to him that they offer beer as an alternative to water, and I don't see why that would be a problem. If anything, I think the competitors would embrace that. I'd much rather have a uh, 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 you know a hot dog bun dipped in beer than I would a hot dog bun in water. Wouldn't you? Absolutely, hundred percent. So, all right. Well, there we go. That takes care of Thursday. Check. What inning will you be uh, doing the crazy uh, straw contest? When is that happening? I forget when I scheduled it. I think it's in the third inning. Oh, so I early. Think. So get there. Don't get there too late or you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out, yeah. So. All right. Will you eat the hot dog after you <laughs> use it as a straw for the beer? Uh, I don't know. Let's... <laughs> I'll see what we're feeling in the moment. I'm just curious how yeah, this whole thing is going to go. All right, fair enough. Uh, Friday night, uh, this is another premium giveaway. Every Friday is a premium giveaway from now till the end of the season. Mini Bluetooth speakers going to be Friday night, presented by El Paso International Airport. I saw a picture of these. They look really, really cool, guys. Yeah, perfect to strap onto a yeah. backpack or even your belt loop. And we popped open this, or in your pocket. We 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 uh, it fits in your pocket. Yeah, it'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. Really? It uh, we we tried out the sample that we received, and I'll tell you what, it's of course a mini Bluetooth speaker, but the sound quality is pretty great, and it, for for what it is, for a free item, so um, definitely a premium item, and I think fans will enjoy it, and it's has a serious use to it. All right, I like that, guys. First fifteen hundred guests in attendance with paid admission. Going to get that free mini Bluetooth speaker presented by El Paso International Airport. And you just heard uh, Andy vouch for it and say it's legit. So you're definitely going to want to get that on uh, Friday night, September 2nd. Uh, Saturday, the third, uh, the greatest fireworks show in the uh, country is going to be going on again. What's the theme Friday night? It's uh, hot, hot and spicy. And, spicy. <laughs> and is that in honor of the Cheetos Flamin' Hot Fun Night that's going to be happening? That's right. We have a lot of great activation around this night. The The hero is the jersey. Um, we'll be auctioning those off to benefit the El Paso Chihuahuas Foundation. Nice. They won't be, they won't be worn on field, but they'll be autographed by a player unless otherwise designated. Um, but they really just feature and symbolize that classic flaming Hot Cheetos bag. Is this the first time you've ever partnered um, with a chip? before? Uh, it's not chips. I mean, it's Cheetos. But, I mean, have you guys ever done a Frito-Lay thing, or is this the first time? I mean, Frito-Lay is one of our corporate partners, along uh, with Pepsi. So yeah. we've worked with them in the past, but nothing to this magnitude. That's pretty cool. Um, were there? I mean, as far as the choices, was it a no-brainer as far as flaming Hot Cheetos for you? Of course. I think it's El Paso's or yeah. one of El Paso's favorite treats. You see Hot Cheetos and Cheese. Hot Cheetos and Cheese. That's, is that a pretty popular one at the ballpark? It is popular. I mean, I, I remember when Lizzie had volleyball and I was, mm. you know, working concessions. That's the only thing that would sell. Nice. And that's all I ever eat. If I have if I have creamy cheese, I'm putting some hot Cheetos to it. So 
So we'll have a special appearance by Chester Cheeto. There yeah. you go. Or Chester Cheetah. Sorry, yeah. not Cheeto. I like Chester Cheeto. <laughs> That's good. He'll be in the house. You for... know, the players might want their own jerseys. They might be bidding on these themselves because they might like being in a flaming Hot uh, Cheeto jersey. Yeah, no, there's, well. a, there's a good chance because, yeah, every, every auction we do, we have a handful of players that try and get their own. But uh, they got to pay the price because it I goes goes for charity so then they understand that and respect that fantastic and then at the end of the game everybody's going to be getting uh, some samples of cheetos popcorn yeah it's, it's it's some of their new items that they're going to start pushing out three nice. different flavors while supplies last sunday fun day going to be happening uh kids get to run the bases from the hospitals of providence at 1205 first pitch on sunday guys yeah day baseball's back everybody and the S- sundays for the rest of the season are going to be day games 1205 first pitch gates open at 11 uh, so nothing better than day baseball, in my opinion. You get a beer and a hot dog, get some sun, as uh, El Paso heat starts winding down a little bit. Tweet just came out. Uh, this is from Minor Breakdown, um, a developmental pod, and uh, they've got a few followers. They said, uh, we've tried it on Sunday, and they, they're talking about the hot dog dipped in beer, and they said, let's just say, Andy, Godspeed. So, <laughs> oh, no. this could really be a rough go for you tomorrow in the uh, uh, Thursday in the third inning when you, uh, in fact, uh, do the uh, hot dog straw. I mean, doesn't I, look. It does not look pretty. Salty and beard. I, I would do that. So it doesn't scare me too much at this moment. All right. Well, this guy seems to have really enjoyed it. And by the way. Uh, he did it a little different than you're going to do it. He took an entire hot dog, just put it dunked in it in beer, and then I guess started sipping it. That, that's just, I mean, he took it a step beyond. That's kind of borderline creepy, man. So that is dipping the bun and everything in there. Yeah, yeah. he just did, took the whole hot dog in there. You're just going to do the hot just dog. Just the straw, yeah. Just like the guy did. That's the original viral video. Yeah. Exactly. That's where it started. Since we mentioned the likes, we've had six new likes on that. Okay, hey, oh, settle good. down, people. <laughs> settle Twitter. down. Hey, settle uh, down. 994 to go. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> See if you can do it. All right, the tickets on sale now. Uh, it's going to be a big homestand. A lot going on. Again, UTEP tomorrow. You got the uh, big giveaway on Friday night, and then, uh, of course, uh, Saturday with the Flamin' Hot Cheetos Fun Night. Going to be terrific. So, excellent job as always, A-Team. Thanks for here uh, bringing the heat today, and uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for having thanks, us. Thanks, Steve. You got it. From the A-Team over to KVIA News, it's next here, 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Sports Talk as we continue, 10 in front of 5 right now. From the A-Team to Mario Mocha, who stops by, Director of Athletics, New Mexico State. You guys hung in there this weekend, and we're right there with Nevada with um, a minute and a half left to go in the game. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks you for coming a by. Nice you brought new uh, addition in the office. Love here. this, the New Mexico State football helmet. Um, it's it's terrific, and uh, it looks great. It's in all its glory. So thank you for bringing that by. Uh, appreciate that, and uh, more than anything else, uh, you're busy. This is your time of year. You got athletic season starting up. A lot going on. A lot happening, and uh, you're on your way because you're you've you've got a game in about forty minutes to go uh, attend. As I a, do as a parent. That's right. I got to go to Eastwood High School to watch a little freshman volleyball again. The Centennial Hawks. Nice. How's but, your daughter? Uh, is she a pretty good volleyball player? Yeah, she's good. She likes it. She's supposed to be a softball player, which she is too, but we're, we're doing both. We're doing both. It's tough to do both, isn't it? Uh, tell me about it. And oh. do this job, yeah. Yeah, how do you but, do all that? Well, you just have to time management and, and, and That's good. Let no sleep. How many fans do you get for that first game? 
You know what? We ended up calling 23,000. We had a great crowd. Of course, we had the lightning delay. And, you know, we're not uh, – Aggie Memorial Stadium has a lot of deficiencies. One of them is there's no concourse to go under yeah, that's like the Sun Bowl or, you know, other places. So, you know, we did lose a lot of it even though it was only a 30-minute delay. And But I thought it was a – you know, for somebody who's watched a lot of Aggie football, one of the things that jumped out at me is we gave Nevada, we gave up six points in the second half. The last time we had given up six or less points to an opponent um, was uh, November 25th of 2017 Wow! against Idaho. So that's, that's a lot of years ago, and that's when we went to the bowl game. So the defense was much improved. Mario, I wanted to ask you, how was that Centennial Franklin game? You know, it was interesting. I don't know if I've been to a high school football game in 25, 30 years, uh, but when your daughter goes, that means you go. And That's I was, right. I, what jumped out at me, because I don't really, I, I know that Centennial went up, beat the number one team in the state uh, in Albuquerque. Then Franklin, from what I understand, is a very good football team. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at the size of the line of Centennial. Um, they looked huge. And, um, Boy, they, they, you know, maybe it was their night because I know Franklin's really good. But uh, boy, maybe maybe Centennial is the best team in the state. There you go. Well, that's uh, that was also part of the highlights from this past week. You guys just uh, announced you're going to be uh, putting together a new locker room facility, right? Yeah, I had a, <laughs> you know, the planets and the stars haven't aligned too much for Aggie Memorial Stadium since 1978 when it was built, but it did last week or the week before when um, you know student fees, uh, revenue bonds became available. Uh, those are projects that can only be used for student-related projects. Um, the current president of ASNMSU, the school president, Garrett Mosley, was a big uh, supporter of intercollegiate athletics, you know, and Jerry Kill has taken all the regents and politicians through the locker room, which is pretty substandard, let's just say. Fair enough. And uh, uh, there was $28 million available, and there was four projects. One was the natatorium uh, and the AC, you know, the Student Rec Center. Um, the Corbett Center, the Student Union, had yeah. got a project. Uh, the Pan American Center, which athletics doesn't control, that's special events. They're going to do some renovations with seating. And then it was the athletics project, so a new football locker room. And then on the second floor, we're going to have a lot of other student services, nutrition, mental health, athletic training, et cetera. So we've got a couple of more... I don't want to say hurdles, but processes to work through when that money's available in November, but we're really excited and we're ready to go. How long will it take to get that locker room done? Well, I'd be surprised if after practice, Jerry Kill wasn't digging a hole every night. (laughs) So (laughs) get the shovel out of his hand. Maybe we can get Pay Dirt Pete to come down and bring that, uh, the pick. Uh, But uh, as soon as possible, you know, we've got some design work already done, but we'll start meetings on it now. So we're ready as soon as those monies are available. We've got Battle of I-10 next week. Yeah, we're well, I'm off to Minnesota at the crack of dawn because talk about sins of the past. I mean, you know, we're playing a two for one for Minnesota, which is yeah, I don't I really have taken pains not to do anything critical because, um, you know, you know, uh, somebody behind me is going to criticize me for what I do. And yeah. I think you can make mistakes. I make them all day. I try not to make catastrophic mistakes playing three power five games and not getting paid for it. That, in my mind, is a catastrophic mistake, and I, I, I'm just I'm a little upset about it. We're going to play the game, but you know when my team, my school, has to play three Power Five games, yeah, and others are playing one, that's idiotic. That's not fair. Um, so that's going to get rectified. You know, starting next year, the plan is just to play one of those games. Uh, we'll be in Conference USA, so we'll have the eight conference games. We'll have a bye game. We'll have an FCS. 
um, you know, we'll rotate that New Mexico game home or away one year. And then when we're away, we'll look to have a group of five come in and, you know, rotate with them. Well, it helps when you're in a conference. You don't have to keep doing this kind of stuff. No kidding. That's the whole point. You know, what we're doing now is extracting ourselves from games. And uh, as Dave Brown, the scheduling guru from ESPN, who's helping us, said, you're going to find out who your friends are, and he's right. I believe it. Hey, um, next week we'll see you. We are going to sample every item that has become um, part of your uh, New Mexico State family, let's just say. All of your... um, food items, your beverages, everything that is benefiting the athletic department. We're even going to throw that tequila bottle in there because that's still part of the whole thing. We're going to see, uh, we're going to go through the whole, run the gamut with you and see how it is. The I, ultimate taste test. I will make sure I have a DD lined up after that. Thank and, you. Yes, uh, Uber us back me. to the station. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uber us All back right. to the station. That's yeah, going to be could, perfect. You could drop me off at my house. It's on the way. Perfect. I nice. look forward to that. Thanks for dropping by. Appreciate adding this to the collection. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Mario Mocha dropping by. Hour two right around the corner. Ben Wallace in studio as we continue. You're ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. John Teicher coming live from the Moon Tower Sports Bar. First time he's going to be at the Moon Tower. I'm excited about that. Excited about having our next guest, UTEP uh, volleyball head coach Ben Wallace. Off to a 2-1 and one start uh, from their first trip to Evansville. Beat Northeastern, uh, lost to Northwestern, bounced back to beat Pacific all on the road. And now he gets set for the Borderland Invitational Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when he gets to host the likes of New Mexico, Portland State, South Dakota. And here he is with us in our Lubingo studios. Welcome back, Coach. Good to see you. And uh, I know you would have loved to have gone 3-0 and in, uh, in Evansville, but uh, or in Evanston, I should say. But all in all, good trip for you. Yeah, it was a good trip for us. I mean, uh, I knew that North Northwestern was going to give us some some trouble. Uh, they're big and physical, and, and they're a Big Ten team for a reason. They, they actually brought in the number seven ranked recruiting class in the country. So they had a young lady playing in the middle that was touching about 11 feet and really, really stinking athletic to go along with six seniors. So they were good. Uh, we were good, but we just weren't good enough. I mean, they, they executed late in sets uh, like we did last year at home, and they knocked us off in three like we did to them here. So it was a little bit of a of a turnaround being fair play, you know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, but I would have liked to have gone three and zero, but we learned a lot about ourselves when I when I watched that video back. I was actually more encouraged than actually the way I felt after the game, because um, we're obviously we're all so competitive. We just want to get them all, but uh, we we fixed some of the stuff that we were deficient in this week, and we're looking forward to a tough UNM team on Thursday. That first set against Northwestern, uh, I'm sure. I, I don't know. As a coach, you tell me. Can can sometimes the first set really dictate the rest of the match, especially when that was so close and it ended up being twenty seven twenty five? Yeah. Well, at home last year, I mean, in a lot of ways, that can it can it can be the be the demise of you really quickly like it, what's the what's the adage you, you can't ever lose it uh it, it, i'm sorry you can't ever win a, a match like that or a, a game like that on the game but you sure as heck can lose it you know psychologically and physically and i don't know that that was the case on 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 friday for us but you know at home last year we beat them 32 30 in the first wow. set and then we rolled them in the second and third now they didn't roll us this this weekend in uh in uh, uh chicago but uh, they definitely were up to the task. They were not wanting to get swept again, you know, uh, by some lowly, uh, you know, UTEP Conference USA team uh, in their on their home floor. I'll tell you what impressed me the most, and I'm sure for you as a coach, this is what you love. You're down 0-2 to Pacific, 
and you come back and you win the next three. And that tells a lot about your team, doesn't it? Yeah. You're both one and one, uh, similar story, and then all of a sudden you probably wanted to see what your team made of, and they, they told you. They rebounded and responded and ended up with a big win over Pacific. Yeah, and Pacific's good. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they, they, were, they played in the NIBC last year too. Uh, they lost, I think, in the first round um, to maybe Portland State. Um, but uh, they were good, and they br- they brought in a Big Ten grad transfer opposite who was really athletic, and she didn't play the first two matches because she got a concussion. So she played against us, and she ca- they came out on fire. And they're really good, and we just uh, were functioning poorly as a young team still. We had a lot of youngsters out there, and so finally I just kind of got us into a different lineup, and, and that's the nice part about this team is I got a lot of pieces. I got a lot of depth. I got us into a different lineup. I put our first team all-conference outside hitter on the right. I just took our our best player and put her someplace completely different that she's used to playing, yeah. and we got better. And I put two young freshmen on the left, and both of them are really salty, and they're very athletic, and we just rolled. I mean, we went like 16, 19, and 6, or, or yeah. 9, or something like that in yeah. the fifth. I mean, we rolled after that, so... It was good that my team didn't really pout a whole lot, but I mean that's kind of the that's kind of their, their nature, their culture. Now it's like whatever, we'll figure it out. Let's let coach roll out a different lineup, and we'll go we'll go figure it out. No, I like that, and that again, that's what you want to hear. But you said something really interesting: uh, a concussion. How uh, how common are concussions in volleyball? When I see the the speed of how balls are put away, I can imagine that if a player doesn't get their hands up quick enough and takes one off the face, you could definitely have some injuries, especially if that ball travels, you know, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and for in women's volleyball, you're looking at anywhere from 45 to 65 miles an hour is how hard some of these women are hitting it. The men are getting into the 75s and 85s. Like, they're really bringing some thunder. And this is not just throwing a baseball. This is a big, this is an object that weighs, you know, four or five pounds, you know, so... Um, when uh, when they're hitting this thing with some real real thunder, like Torrance loves, he can really get back there and hit it. It'll give you, it'll ring your bell. Also, you know the speed at which these guys play at defensively. We're throwing our bodies and launching our bodies around, so it's really common to Good have point. people hit heads. It's real common to you know go for a ball and hit your head on the floor. Uh, it's real common to snap your neck sideways and, and have a concussion just from the whiplash. Uh, is what happened to Serena last year in the. Um, in, in one of our conference matches. So it, it's, it's pretty common, unfortunately. We actually have one of our setters uh, actually trains in practice every day with a helmet on. So she has one of those like rugby-style concussion helmets. Mm-hmm. She doesn't play with it in the games because she's not allowed to. The NCAA doesn't uh, allow for it. But uh, she trains with it every day just because she has a history of concussions. Football players get to use that same I shell when they practice. I said that a thousand times, man. So. I, 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 I said that to the, to the NCAA uh, like officials affiliate. I said, hey, these guys play with shell helmets yeah. on all the time to make yeah. sure they're not getting concussions, and they're like, well, it's just not part of the sport yet. I'm like, well, what should be? should be. Look at baseball. You know, they get to use batting helmets when they're batting. It's not yep. like they don't get to have protection. Yep. Yeah, so. I'm still fighting the losing battle on that, but she's training with it, and then when we play in games, she just tries to keep herself off the floor as much as possible. Coach, when it comes to these non-conference games, I mean, it seems like you guys play such quality opponents. We talked about this earlier this week with you at the media conference, but one of the things that I'm curious to know, what does that do for you in terms of recruiting? Can you go out and tell people, hey, we're playing quality teams, you should come here to UTEP? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a big recruiting pitch for us. I know, and I, I learned that from a from a young age as a coach, um, you know, working with Mike, and you know, we always tested us, uh, tested ourselves when we were in New Mexico State. We always felt like we needed to go play tough non-conference opponents, so that when we got into our conference play, it wasn't a big deal for us to play big, physical, nasty teams. And so, that's what we've done here, and it's paid off for us. Now, 
quite honestly, we could go 0 3 this weekend to to three really good teams. I don't think that's going to be the case. But at the end of the weekend, if we are 0 3, then that's our job to get back in the gym and say, okay, this is how far away we are. But at least we know that those three teams that we play this weekend are going to look like Rice, Western Kentucky, you know, FIU, some of these bigger, more physical teams in Conference USA. And it's going to give us an opportunity to learn uh, what, what life is like in front of big, long physical athletes, not just teams that you can beat around and, and get 20 wins by just going and beating anybody that, that, that's on your schedule. So it's fun to play these games. It's hard, uh, and it measures you better. We're talking right now with Ben Wallace, head coach of the UTEP volleyball team here on Sports Talk. Tell me a little bit about New Mexico. That's your first opponent Thursday night. That's the 9-1-5 game. How good is this Lobos team? They're very good. They bring back almost their entire lineup. They've got a good head coach, John Newman, a good buddy of mine. He actually works with USA Volleyball. He was working with the one of the women's national teams this summer, and he gets a chance to do that stuff. So he's got a good pipeline and a good recruiting connection there. They've done a good job turning that Mountain West team around. Uh, they were in a little bit of a lull when he took the program over in 19, just like we did at UTEP. He's done a really good job. They finished, I think, fourth in, in the Mountain West last year and were picked to finish almost dead last. So he's got a lot of his veterans back. He's got a Mexican kid on this team named Yui Huereca, who played with our uh, Mexican kid um, from, from Juarez, uh, Mariano Valle. They play on the the national team together, under-20 national team as well. Okay. She's really good. they got an opposite um, that is a first-team all-conference kid. They've got a libero who's a star, uh, and they're good. They just are, They bring back a lot of veterans, and um, you know, it, almost everybody returns on a 20-10 and 10 team, and they lost to uh, UNLV in the conference semifinals, uh, and then UNLV ended up losing to Boise in the finals. So this is a good team that plays good uh, you know, in a good conference, so they're not going to be afraid of anything we have, but – Hopefully we can just uh, overwhelm them a little bit physically because we got a lot of weapons. You follow that up. Uh, say that's a 6 o'clock match on, on Thursday night. Then you've got Portland State Friday at 7, and then South Dakota uh, 10.30 in the morning on Saturday. So breakfast uh, with the Miners. Breakfast with the Miners, that's right. You know, and, uh, We set the schedule up this way. Uh, John wanted to play uh, on Thursday so we, we could get one match a day, and so I, I was good with that. Normally you play two in a day and then one on a Saturday or, or one on a Friday and two on a Saturday. But, you know, Portland State just got off a Pac-12 win over Oregon State this weekend. They played a really tough schedule, and so did South Dakota. South Dakota got a, uh, an SEC win over Missouri, and uh, they're good. They're very good. They might have the most spectacular player in the whole tournament. Uh, their outside hitter is a star, and she's, a, she's I want to say, a returning graduate senior or, or a redshirt senior. You've got um, uh, season tickets still being sold, 75 and 60, whether it's a uh, chairback or a bleacher seat. And if you want to go uh, single game for uh, these matches, 10 bucks for a chairback, 8 bucks for a, a bleacher. And i and, uh, tell you what, the deals that really, just go buy season tickets Absolutely. because it's so yeah, cheap. It's 12 if matches you, for 60 bucks. Yeah, if you buy individual after going to two or three, you could have just bought the whole season. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, they're doing group rates right now for this match, too, and anything this weekend. Anytime you got of big groups, you know. So, so we're talking all of our elementary, middle school, high school teams that want to come out and cheer us on. Just call the ticket office and tell them you're a group rate, or get a email to anybody on my staff or me, and we'll get you guys a group rate going. It's like ended up three, three to five bucks, I think, for a group rate of, of, of groups over fifteen or twenty. I think they said. What's your preference? Do you think a chair back or do you like a bleacher seating? You know, I want to get down on the action. 
Like, I want to get down there by the floor. So the chairbacks are nicer for people to be able to get a little more comfortable. But, you know, Memorial's historic and old, and it's got the old bleachers there. But being down on the floor and seeing how physically talented some of our players are. You sat in the stands the other day mm-hmm. when we had practice, and you saw how nasty some of these players are and how physically talented they are. I want to be down there on the floor. Yep, because that's right when you're in the middle of the action yep. and see it all firsthand. That's, that's perfect stuff. Um, you got some awards given out uh, this past week. Uh, Freshman of the Week, and I think Serena was part of the all-tournament team. Uh, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, I think we could have had – I think Mariano Vallejo could have been on the all-tournament team too. She helped us uh, beat Northeastern. And she gave us an opportunity to win at Northwestern, and she wasn't, uh, you know, she wasn't nervous or or rattled by any of the things that Division One college volleyball had to offer her, and that was nice to see. She's an she's a scorer. I mean, she could be an elite scorer for us. She didn't make the all tournament team, but she very well could have. Serena and Hula did, and you know, Hula was not our starting libero uh, early in the week, but. She came in and gave us a, a, a an injection of life that we needed yep. and just helped us do a lot of things that a veteran does. And so Serena actually got her thousandth kill this weekend, which is a big like kind of uh, le- like achievement or, or mark for an outside hitter. Anytime you're getting a thousand kills in your career, that means you're you're carrying the load. So she got that this weekend and probably would have uh, salted that off in the in the year last year had she not hurt her ankle late in the season. So big, big giant mark for her and her career to get a thousand kills. Love this question from Joseph Ortiz. He tweets the show for coach Wallace. What are some of the things you do with the ladies to keep them trusting each other? Oh my gosh. We, we spend a lot of time in the spring and actually even with our young people, our freshmen, we read a book together uh, every semester and we sit down as a group and we build a lot of trust. We, we, we talk a lot about conflict and how we resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not one to sugarcoat things. So I get real in practices. We keep a lot of numbers. I show them, uh, you know, what they're putting up. And it's just like it's just like any other sport. Analytics is a real thing in college volleyball. So when we're very real with each other in the gym and very real with, with each other in the locker room, we build trust with each other. And they know that I choose the people out on the floor that are putting up the numbers and if you want to get out there, you earn it by putting up the numbers in practice, which we keep as well. So that builds a lot of trust. The other thing that builds trust is I've got 20 players on my roster, and I bet 19 of them could help us right now at this moment play. we got a couple of young players that are kind of learning how to do things right now. But outside of that, we got a really deep roster. And last weekend, I took 15 on the trip and 15 played. All 15 players helped us win and, and lose those matches. And so that trust is built knowing that you're going to get in there. It ain't just a couple of people helping us win. Second part of Joseph's tweet, uh, how do you make sure your team sticks together regardless of the outcome uh, of the match? That is built over the course of several years. You know, early on in 2019, we, we faltered and fell apart in tough matches. Uh, in 20, we started to see some, some culture and resolve being built. And then in 21, we won almost all of our five-set matches. We were down 2-0 to Arizona and 1-5. We were down 2-0 to a couple other teams last year and 1-5. We were down 2-1 to New Mexico State twice and beat them in five. So that stuff's built over time, and it is built purely around toughness. Tremaine Johnson helps in the weight room a ton because our practice environment and our lifting environment are exactly the same. When you don't do it right in the weight room or you're not giving enough energy and building that camaraderie and that, that toughness, he kicks you out. And that's a, my blessing because I want it to be the same in there. So that stuff's built over the course of a lot of years and a lot of tough, nasty matches against teams like UNM and South Dakota and Portland State and Arizona and Northwestern and Rice and Western Kentucky. That's the only time you learn about how to be tough and how to build that resolve is when you're playing those kinds of teams. You ain't going to learn it when you're playing teams that you should beat.
Once again, Borderland Invitational, New Mexico, Thursday night, Memorial Gym, 6 o'clock. Then Portland State, Friday at 7, South Dakota, Saturday at 10.30. Tickets available right now. You can go to utebminers.com, go to the University Ticket Office, the Eisenberg Ticket Center. Lots of ways to get in and be a part of it at Memorial Gym uh, this weekend. Great to see you, Coach. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks for the time. Anytime, man. Appreciate you having me, and uh, you let us know when you want us back. Done deal. Ben Wallace here with us. We'll come back. John Teicher next from the Moon Tower Sports Bar as we continue.